What's going on? Michelangelo Bro, it's your boy Jerry, the TRX for Washington here at General Fitness Company Studio. Today is Monday, March 6th, 2023, and this is Season 10, Episode 22. Today, we're going to be talking about some fun stuff. We're going to be talking about fitness, we're going to be talking about some things that I just did not know when I first started off. You know, there's a lot of things that we may or may not know in life, and the thing that makes us great people is when we can admit when we're wrong, you know? So this is my episode of me admitting when I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, actually the, the last one will be a, a surprise, a little bit of a surprise, not for necessarily uh, the reasons that you may think is more so uh, because it's just something that we I was actually doing uh, right that I don't actually do now that uh, I'm thinking about maybe bringing back. Probably not, but it's actually very beneficial that I was that I was doing for my clients that I am not doing now. So. Without further ado, let's go and just get right into it. Season 10, episode 22. And let's call this one, Five Things I Didn't Know. Let go! All right, so let's get right into it. We're talking about five things that I got wrong <laughs> as a personal trainer, you know, this personal training thing, I've been doing it for a while. Uh, so I'm bound to get some things wrong, but listen, in the industry I'm in the health and fitness industry, uh, even doctors get it wrong. You know, you think about the medical doctors, even though they're called medical doctors, they still have what's called a practice. Why is it called a practice? Well, let's just think about just not too long ago when it was acceptable, medically acceptable to do bloodletting. <laughs> or any of those wild things that we can think about now uh, that are just wild. I mean, they gave they used to give uh, lithium as an over 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 the counter drug. Uh, coca, cocaine was something they used to put in soda. So it is a practice. Health and fitness is definitely not is never going to be uh, something that's going to be uh, eternally definitive. However, we can always accept that there is a an agreed upon. <laughs> uh, set of, I guess, values or whatnot uh, that everybody does adhere to. So essentially, it's what's called the scientific method. And if it's, a, you know, if you get enough uh, data to prove something is correct, well, then, you know, most people will agree that it is correct. And obviously, you have the people on the outside. Those aren't always the wrong people. Those aren't always the wrong people because, you know, uh, as I said, those are yeah, science and health and fitness is just a never going to be a uh, infinitely determined system. We're always going to find something new or something's always going to pop up because just no way nature is, you know, you have mutations and stuff like that. Uh, you know, there's this thing. Well, anyways, <laughs> I can go off on a tangent all day about the things that have changed about uh, health and fitness in the medical field. But uh, we're going to be talking about five things that you know, I got wrong uh, that apparently are correct 
nowadays, or at least are different than, than what I had originally thought. So uh, we'll talk first about eating. You know, I used to always think that the less you eat, the more weight you can lose. And yeah, that is, I guess I shouldn't have started with that one because there's a caveat to that. It's very true. Obviously, you don't eat, you lose weight, right? However, that's not sustainable, and that's the caveat. You know, you're going to lose a lot of weight when you eat, but eventually you're going to want some energy because, as I said in my uh, episode, I think last Wednesday, uh, we were talking about how uh, eating helps you, or eating helps you get energy, and sometimes you can get carbs from that eating, sometimes you get protein, sometimes you get uh, uh, fats, but all those things can lead, are all energy. And if you don't have any of those things in your system, if you're not feeding anything to your digestive system so it can break that food down and turn it into energy, well, then you're going to have no energy and you won't be able to sustain that in your body. You'll either die or your body will hold on to that, whatever you uh, eat next, because, uh, there, you know, there's this thing called survival mode where it changes your whole system and essentially makes your body hold on to whatever you have. And it changes the way you uh, burn fats. It slows down your metabolism. So all that stuff. So essentially, yes, you can lose weight. <laughs> Again, there's a caveat. It's not sustainable. So or the best way to you know lose weight uh, through eating is obviously you know eating less, but not necessarily so much less that you can't sustain it, right? So don't starve yourself is what I'm saying. You do eat less calories. Maybe be more conscious of how many sh- how many carbohydrates you're eating in comparison to how many proteins and fats you're eating. Uh, again, as I said on Wednesday, if you didn't tune in on Wednesday, uh, just as a reminder for those that did tune in on Wednesday. Uh, Fats are not necessarily bad. They are energy, but not uh, not all energy is fat. Uh, So, you know, you got to be careful in what you're eating. Uh, Obviously, you don't want to eat something that is low in fat but high in sugar because that that sugar is going to be converted to carbohydrates. And if those carbohydrates are burnt immediately, then that turns into fat and you pretty much just blew the whole basket anyways. I don't even know what blow the basket means. I just made that up. Uh, but it, it's, it's true. You know, it's like maybe you might eat something that's low in fat, uh, but it has high sugar and that high sugar just turns into fat anyways. And you just, it doesn't make sense to even eat something that's, cause most of the time that stuff don't taste good. So you might as well eat the fat and enjoy it and just eat less of that. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, number one. Eating less will, won't necessarily help you lose weight, uh, but, you know, with a caveat. Uh, number two, I talked about this not too long ago. If you want to get stronger, lift heavy weights. That was my thing. I always used to think, and I think that's everybody's thing, if you want to get stronger, you lift heavy weights, right? You lift heavy weights, you get the capability to lift more heavy weights, and then, boom, you gotten stronger. And yes, again, another caveat. I guess these are full of caveats. <laughs> yes, you can get stronger from lifting heavy weights. The only thing is that, uh, again, it's not sustainable. You can only lift heavy weights for, you know, for, to your body just can't do it anymore. Uh, one person I think of is, uh, Ronnie Coleman. He was a world champion, like, uh, he was a world, Mr. Universe for a while, Mr. World and all that stuff. And that guy was like super massive. I'm pretty sure he also took steroids, but, uh, the guy was really big. The guy was like really muscular and it was just kind of crazy how big he was. He was kind of like a beast. Uh, but 
uh, we see like you guys now, now like in his 60s or 70s or whatnot, and the guy can't even walk anymore. Literally cannot walk. You know, sometimes people just say, oh, he can't walk. No, literally, this guy can't walk anymore because he did so much damage to his joints. A, from probably steroids. It's probably majority steroids. But B, uh, because of the fact that he lifted so many weights and his joints couldn't really take it. So, essentially, he turned into somebody that can't walk anymore. He actually uses a, a wheelchair when he gets around, and when he's trying to get up, he uses a, a, a crutch. Actually, this is a, that was actually a surprise to me. I saw a video of him uh, just a, uh, like a week and a half ago, and I was like, whoa, what in the world? That's Ronnie Coleman? So yeah, unfortunately, that's what happened to him. So uh, you can get stronger, yes, living, he- lifting heavy weights, but again, uh, again I, I had alluded to this earlier on. I had talked about this in a previous episode, and uh, working or strengthening your fascia is a really great way to get strong without actually lifting heavy weights. The great part about this is is that uh, a lot of times people get concerned with uh, lifting heavy weights and getting stronger, and they worry about getting bulky. If you're strengthening your fascia, it's it's a lot harder to get bulk, bulky because what you're doing is that you're strengthening your connective tissue. So you're preparing your muscles to get strong to uh, get bulky if you want them to get bulky because you'll have strong connective tissue. So your muscles won't be pulling, pulling giving any excess stress to the joints or whatnot. So if you do want to lift heavy weights, you can totally do uh, do do that if you uh, strengthen your fascia. Uh, but lifting heavy weights is not the only way that you can get stronger. I, the better the, the I almost said the better way, but the other way. And some may, may consider it the better way, uh, but uh, the other way would be to strengthen your fascia. And how I do that personally is uh, with the TRX. I love TRX training. As you know, TR expert, uh, it's the best way to actually strengthen your fascia, get yourself stronger without actually having to lift weights. And it's so convenient and it's so easy to do, you know, but at the same time, it can be very difficult. So, yes. Lifting heavy weights is not a bad thing, don't get me wrong, but if you, it's not the only way to get stronger. So keep that in mind when people tell you that if you want to get stronger, you got to get heavier weights or whatnot. You just got to figure out how to work your fashion, you know, play around with angles. So next, uh, back to losing weight. Cardio is the best way to lose weight. Uh, yeah, I really thought that for a long time, you know, and because of the fact that I was, I was a track athlete, you know, so like running was my, my fitness. <laughs> That's essentially how I got my, uh, workouts in was some kind of cardiovascular training. Uh, but what I never thought about, at least when I was first training is that I was also doing strength training. I was also lifting weights while I was running. Not at the same time, obviously. Wouldn't that be pretty cool, right? Doing some curls from from sprinting down the track. That'd be next level. Uh, But it's not just cardio. And the reason why that is, is uh, also addressed in the very uh, recent episode. See, cardio only burns the calories for the time that you're doing it. So, for instance... If you got a guy named Don, I'm just making up names here. You got a guy named Don that is walking around burning 600 calories throughout the day, right? And you got another guy named John, John and Don. I don't know <laughs> where I gave him these names, but anyways, you got another guy named John who doesn't uh, he doesn't burn at 600 calories walking throughout the day, uh, but he does lift weights for about an hour and he burns maybe 300 calories during that hour. Who? is going to burn more calories throughout the day. Well, it may be 
Don, remember Don was the cardio guy, maybe Don at first, may even be Don for the first week or so. However, John is going to have an increased demand for calories from his mu- muscles because of the fact that he's increasing his, mu- his muscle uh, capacity, you know, not necessarily getting them bigger, but he's increasing his muscle capacity. So before, because they're having a, an increased capacity, they have much more of a demand for calories. So what's going to happen is that maybe your, your quote-unquote metabolism doesn't increase. You know, you're not going to have an increased rate of metabolism as a human being, but you're going to have a much more of a demand from your muscles for the calories, for the energy. That's why you hear about these elite-level athletes having to eat 8, 10, 15,000 calories a day just so they can maintain because their muscles require so much. So... The thing is that, yeah, cardio can help you lose weight, right? It's not the best way to lose weight, though. The best way to lose weight is a consistent weight training program mixed with cardio. Obviously, you want to have some kind of cardio. I'm not poo-pooing cardio at all. Again, I was a runner, (laughs) so, you know, I do hold uh, cardio a little near and dear to my heart. But the key here is that cardio only helps you in increasing your capacity for exercise, So what you want to do is you want to do the cardio, obviously, because it's great for your heart, great for your lungs, you know, and it'll help you increase that capacity so that when you get to the gym, you're not tired after the first set of lifting weights. It's a matter of combining the two. It's not like one or the other. We can get more detailed than that on another episode, but we're going to go on to the next uh, factoid. Uh, A really hard workout is not always a good workout. And that's actually what I just talked about uh, just a few moments ago. And it's not necessarily... Uh, it's it's not necessary for you to have a really hard workout for it to be a good workout. Uh, for instance, uh, if you work out too hard, you can get this thing called rhabdomyolysis. Again, that's a call back to uh, an episode that I did uh, maybe two years ago now with the rhabdo guy. His name is Joe Cannon. He was actually uh, the guy that certified me for personal training, and he did me the favor of doing an interview with me here. Uh, you can check back in the archives. I'm not exactly sure which one it is. It's probably from season eight or so. Uh, but anyways, it was a, a really good episode in which he talked about uh, that very same thing. And it kind of actually opened my eyes a little bit to uh, training in a way that I always thought that you had to work out hard for it to be a good workout. But if you work out too hard, like again, you can get this thing called rhabdomyolysis, and that is essentially the swelling of your muscle tissue and the breakdown of a muscle tissue. And what happens is that the muscle tissue breaks down so quickly that the body can't handle the waste matter that comes from the muscle, muscle tissue. So what happens is that you get the swelling, and that swelling is the building up of the waste in your body. And because you get so much of a buildup, you can actually get into this toxic, uh, toxic shock syndrome, and you can actually die from that. So, yeah, you don't want to have workouts that are so hard that you feel like you want to crawl out the gym at least uh not all the time maybe sometimes every once in a while if you're conditioned (laughs) you know you don't want to go into the gym after not working out for three years and just like put yourself on the floor you know you want to like kind of work your way into it and then if you once you get conditioned once you're lifting weights and get yourself a good routine then you want to push it a little bit and see how far you can push it but obviously don't push it so far that you feel like you're gonna you're gonna break, right? You know, it's everything in moderation, including moderation. You know, so uh, that brings us into our last one, and this is actually 
is a kind of like a plus one. You know, I wanted to talk about uh, cold exposure. This is something that I didn't know that was actually beneficial that I don't really do now as much as I used to. So I used to run boot camps back in the day, as you know. Uh, I ran boot camps for almost a decade, I think actually a little over a decade, uh, but I ran boot camps and we did them outside in the cold and stuff. And I always felt like I was invigorated afterwards. I thought it was maybe because <laughs> I was coming back in from the cold, uh, but scientific studies show that cold exposure is actually one of the better things for your metabolism, not to mention your immune system. That's why everybody, you don't know if you've been hearing about this, but everybody's getting these cold tubs now or these cold baths and everybody's doing the cryogenics and everybody's trying to work on getting themselves cold exposure. So it's something I didn't know that was actually beneficial that I was doing with my clients. And uh, they were, you know, they were out there just as crazy as, as I was, just working it out in the you know, sub-freezing temperatures. But uh, little did we, uh, did we all know that we were actually doing something uh, even more beneficial than those people that were at the, at the gym at the same time, just because of the fact that we were exposing ourselves to the cold and we were forcing our body to actually increase uh, the body heat because, think about it, when you're out, outside and it's cold and then you start sweating, because, you know, your body gets hot. <laughs> what is sweat? Sweat is water coming from your face. And when you're running around in the cold, yeah, that water is going to get cold again. And your body's just going to have to do what? Heat up even more. Uh, so that's part of it. Uh, obviously, there's a little bit more to that. Because when you sit in the cold tub, obviously, you're not going to be sweating. Uh, but... It also does this thing, I think I talked about this on Wednesday, I'm just calling back to that Wednesday episode all, all episode long here, but uh, there's this thing called brown fat, actually I didn't think, talk about that, I don't think, but there's this thing called brown fat in your body that was recently discovered, I think over the past decade, uh, a guy called Wim Hof actually made it a little bit uh, more mainstream, but uh, brown fat, I can't remember the exact scientific name for it, but it's normally located in your shoulders and upper back. It's a, what babies have. It's essentially babies are more brown fat than they are white fat. It helps them kind of burn energy or whatnot. Uh, and the reason why that it helps them burn energy is because brown fat is actually an energy source, whereas white fat, sub subcutaneous fat, all that stuff that's around your organs, that is fat that is not burned the same way or is not broken down the same way as brown fat. Again, you can tap into that brown fat by... Uh, exposing yourself to cold. So cold exposure gets into the brown fat. It helps, uh, helps your, helps your metabolism or it helps you, uh, get into that, uh, those energy sources and so that you can actually, uh, lose weight without doing a whole bunch of running around the cardio and lifting weights and stuff like that. The reason why I'm kind of vague about that is because it's not exactly known how the brown fat, uh, helps you burn fat, uh, but they do know that brown fat is an energy source and that when it is activated through cold exposure, uh, people have been shown to in increase uh, their metabolic rate as well as increase their immune function. So I just found this out not too long ago, a little extra bonus, I suppose. Uh, a cheap way to do these uh, cold exposures besides going outside is uh, a cold shower. Now, that's not that's fun, uh, <laughs> but I have one that's even easier and cheaper than that. What you can do is you take a bowl, you know, a bigger bowl that you can put your head in. You fill it up about a quarter away with water. You put that water in the freezer or put that bowl in the freezer and you take it out in the morning. You put water on top of that uh, cold, that ice that formed overnight and let that sit for a little bit. Let that ice melt so that water is like ice cold and you just put your face in it. 
you have a lot of nerve endings in your face in comparison to the rest of your body. Uh, so it works just almost as well. Obviously, submerging your whole body works as, <laughs> it works the best. Uh, but if you can't get to there, uh, one way to work your way up to there is just submerging your face. So, and that's, you know, that's not really fun either, to be honest with you. But, you know, like I said, uh, working out is not necessarily the most relaxing thing. Uh, but if you want to have better things in your life, or if you want to have an improved situation in your life, sometimes you got to do some things that are not comfortable. <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah, let's get comfortable with the end of this episode here. <laughs> you know, I like that little transition, but yeah, this is the end of this episode. I really do hope that you enjoyed this episode, enjoyed uh, the five things I did not know as a personal trainer that I do know now, or as a big five things I did not know as a starting personal trainer that I do know now. Uh, if you would like to, you could uh, share this with a friend. I would appreciate if you would do that. Uh, leave a rating or review or like a little comment about what you thought or maybe in something that uh, you didn't know. I'll leave that on for you Spotify listeners. I'll leave a little question. Uh, what did you not know about fitness that you do know now? Uh, and uh, of course, I would love for you to subscribe so you can get uh, notified when the next episode just like this comes out. All right, I will check you later. Thanks again for listening. And as always, keep good company.